Hello, I'm Peter Ayers and welcome to Stages. This is episode 97 of the podcast and today my guests from the West are showbiz couple Peter Keogh and Sasha Maboob. If you've ever had the pleasure to meet Peter Keogh and Sasha Maboob, you are immediately struck by the immense love they have for each other. They complete each other. Witty and caustic banter always ensues, finishing each other's sentences and stories and filled with an intrinsic adoration of showbiz and gossip. They recently tied the knot, having to wait until the marriage equality bill was finally passed. Both gentlemen are in their 70s. While clearly infatuated by each other, the journey to the altar has also been travelled on paths of personal pain and trauma for both. The theatre has been a salvation and an oasis. Between the two of them, they have covered practically every role they can in the theatre. Box office, model, actor, dancer, dresser, host, wardrobe supervisor, author and producers. They have counted the greats amongst their friends and recall with great fondness the Hollywood royalty of Debbie Reynolds. The relationship began when the MGM star responded to a fan letter sent by an enthusiastic young boy from Perth. The movie star eventually became an employee of the pair and a treasured friend. It is a wonderful life and these two continue to navigate it with wicked humour, eternal resilience and tremendous love. Be warned, however, this conversation is peppered with much laughter, saucy humour and heavy lashing sure you're gossip. Prob- you're probably with the Mary with and very thin he keeps telling people a little bit thin well listen guys it's lovely to to catch up and and, you know we've already had a terrific conversation off mic so Mm -hmm. I look forward to where we're going to go over the next hour Mm. good luck with that one can we talk about how old you are first off is that that a rude question should you ask a lady her age I certainly (laughs) can (laughs) I'm 39 and holding <laughs> Holding what? Well, well, get your hand. Up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, I'm seventy-five. He's seventy-five, and I'm seventy-eight. Incredible feat, because you only recently got married. After thirty years, yes. Oh, a, a thirty-year courtship. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. literally. What was it like? The, the thirty-year battle. Be <laughs> <laughs> divorced soon, though. <laughs> It must have been a good day. It, oh, it was fantastic. We, we, we got married on stage at, at the theatre. The they gave the wedding present. And they, yeah, the uh, CEO said, you can have the theatre, like do what you like with it. And I had all the technicians and the lighting people at my disposal and the stage. It was just magic. Was and sadly, fantastic. my family, a year or so ago, disowned <clears> us for various reasons, totally cut us off. I had not one family member there or one cousin. But there were 90 other people who were there because they loved us. Yeah. And we felt that love so strongly, wasn't it? Mm. It was, it was amazing. amazing. And they're still saying now, it was the best thing they've ever been to. It was the most fun evening. So it just, so on the whole, we're very blessed. It was a sad, sad situation that was, but overcome by the... Well, a wedding is a great opportunity for celebration, too. Oh, it's it's magic. All magic. your lives it's and weird. your love. And, yeah. It's on it's on. He was video. climbing the stairs crying before, you, before you even spoke. <laughs> Our doctor's wife, she is also a doctor. She's a matron of honour. <clears throat> matron of honour. She take me up the steps of the mezzanine and the foyer, because that's where the, the vows were taken. And then we had the drinks downstairs while they set up the stage properly, the way I wanted it. And I, he... 
gave the sound guy at the time, put the music on, and we're listening to the music. And I said, I can't. She said, you're crying. I said, no, no, I cannot walk up the stage, up the staircase and face all those people <laughs> at the moment. I said, with that music, because he had picked, Peter had picked, um, you raised me up by who? Yeah, you, um, um, opera singer. Yeah, was just grab Just, yeah. just tape play. It was an amazing yeah. sound there. And anyway, yeah, we got up and I saw everyone up there. That's a good start. He was fine. <laughs> up on the top step underneath the arch. Underneath the arches. Did you ever think a day would arrive when you'll be able to get married? No. No. No, we didn't. In fact, we thought it would never arrive. For, for the way they did it, we thought, no, you, this is not going to work because they're just dividing the country here. Yeah. yeah. And we hadn't decided to get married until the day they announced it was legal to get married. The ABC did in, uh, the, the news here, a piece on us and why we mm, were thrilled about our house being... And, it and, and, and we there and then decided, we can do it, why not do it now? Mm. After 30 years of waiting and it's all legal, do it. We yeah. love each other. Let the world show that we love each other. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And a lot of my friends said, why did you bother getting married? Yeah, some said, said Because that. you can. <clears throat> yeah. And I just wanted to prove a point. Because I'm like that. I wanted to prove a point. It can be done and the world won't fall apart. No. no. Eh? It was a glorious day. Yeah. Just the best memories. So how did yeah. you both meet? Because oh, it's that's theater, your story. The theatre brought you together, didn't it? It did. Yes, because yeah. I was married oh, but to a woman. You. I've been married several times now. <laughs> well, to a real woman. And, um, she was an actress, celebrity, she still is. Yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah I, was, I was married to her. I got married in London. I was married for nine years. Right. And uh, she was away a lot, so I thought, well, I'm, I'm a bit bored, to be honest. <laughs> so I went, went and visited John Frost in Melbourne, who was producing Big River. And I was in the office with John, just having a chat and a giggle and a wine. And then... All of a sudden, the door opened and in came yeah, this creature. I got creature. a phone call from John to come up. Yeah, and this creature walks in, and it's I just a creature, a That's creature, a, isn't it? Yeah. And my chin a hit the floor. Beauty, I, and I just said, "Excuse me, have I had you?" And he just True. turned around. I and turned around, out. walked out of the office, well, it's, it's and, a bit he, insult, and he phoned yeah. John. Well, I thought I had <laughs> familiar face. <laughs> so I got back to the wardrobe room downstairs. And phone John. Um, John, and I said, has that extremely rude man left? When he's gone, call me and I'll come back. And the next day I sent a huge bouquet of flowers <laughs> with a note saying, I'm s I do apologise, I'm so sorry. By the way, my phone number is... <laughs> and he phoned. Then he stalked me. <laughs> Literally. I couldn't touch him for three months. I wouldn't let him drive me home to my apartment. A quick kiss on the cheek. In St Kilda, and I said, no. He pushed me out of the car. Can I come in? I said, no. <laughs> You go and sort it out with your wife right. first. When you do, ring me yeah, from the yeah. airport yeah. and I'll come and see you if I decide to come and see you. But the and worst thing, I hope John doesn't hear this, <laughs> is we went to Hawaii for a pre-honeymoon do and uh, I sent John a card saying, um, I'll put this on, um, hi John, the weather's here, wish you were lovely. <laughs> And he took offence, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> anyway, that was it. That's how we met, and we're still yeah. here. Yeah. Well, you've had long careers in the mm. theatre, um, yep. which have encompassed things like you, you were a hoofer, 
A model, a, a dresser, yeah. working in box office, authors, acting, producers. Uh, what do you love about working in the theatre? Oh. For me, the people. Yeah. It's a big family. All over the world. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the work, obviously, and, and the diversity of what you can do. And, and I think, getting back to the marriage thing, and a lot of times I've been asked the same question. I said, because I feel I've found a life in that community and you're never judged. Yeah. You're never judged. Doesn't matter who you are or what you are or what you go to bed with, you are not judged. Yeah, yeah that's... I was... I, it's just a... Well, you still are. I mean, you haven't Thank you, lost you. any of it. Thank you. <laughs> it was hard. We find our tribe, don't we? We do. Oh, it's a big family. Everywhere. We do. In America, and that's in England, not uh, That's not being Pollyanna-ish about no. it, because there no. can be lots, as you well know, yeah. there can be lots of problems in the theatre and lots of rejection. And, they, and if you can get through all that, if you've got the backbone to get through it, and it's not that easy. So that's Probably what I love yeah. about it, because you're, in, you're included... Yeah, and you're not so. judged. You really aren't judged, unless you are a real bit of an arsehole, really. Yeah, yeah. And there's a few of those there's around. There's a few of them. Yeah. Is there a, an experience that you've had which really stands out for you in the, in the theatre? Perhaps the it was theater. a particular show you worked on or somebody that you worked with? You go first this time and I'll think. Oh, God, I can't remember. You've got lots it's of them. 60th year this year being in the industry. 60 years. Mm. My first job was at the Playhouse, painting Googie Withers' dressing room. Because she, she she wanted a certain colour in her dressing room. Is that the Playhouse in, in, in Perth? Perth. Right. It's just been open, I think. Uh, and um, and she was quite quite bossing and quite rude and everything else. But I was just in awe of the whole place. And um, from then on, I just fell in love with theatre. But I thought I'd got to go to college, I did a teaching degree, did all that. And then um, Dad wants me to get married, so I've got to get married and have children. And, uh, but... The, the hook was always theatre. So even marrying Sue in London, who was a big star over there, it's all theatre. It's all been theatre all my life, really. Some aspects, some way, but it's been theatre. Even acting, even, even teaching has been like theatre, really. It's a performance every yeah, day, it isn't is it? It is every day, yeah. 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 Um, my, oh, I don't know, I've had so many of them. Well, that's right. the it's years. an unfair question, really. But, but it is, because there's so many different... Things like here in Australia and things that happened to me overseas. I think the first time that something struck me when about it was because you know how you take it for granted. You're on tour somewhere <clears throat> in the show and you're dancing and singing. And this particular time we were in Germany, <clears throat> and um, just before our performance started, there was a support act on, and I. Don't know if anyone would remember this singer. I think she was German, a German singer, very well known at the time, Katerina Valente. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was announced. <laughs> she walked on stage just as we were doing our, our curtain call, and for an instant, I went, I froze. My mouth, I'm sure, it opened, and I thought, I don't believe it. I've come all the way from Australia. This little dancer person. And this star is walking on the same stage I'm working on. That hit me first. Yeah. And then from there, there were so many other joyous times. But, and, of course, one of the most wonderful things was working with Jill in 
funny girl. Jill Perryman. Jill oh. Perryman. And she's still a very dear friend of mine. Um, she lives around the corner from us virtually. Yeah. And um, and then... That's a, not, that's a production. That's about 50... How long ago? Oh, it's, in, funny it's girl. the early 70s. Right. Late 60s. Early 70s, I think, when it hit Perth. And right. Now, I went into it in Melbourne. Right. Because it opened in Sydney, if I remember right. Late rightly. 60s, <clears throat> And... So, uh, some people left in Sydney and Pound said, go down to Melbourne, you've got to learn. Funny girl. I said, but Pound, I can't tap. She said, you will by the end. <laughs> and she would rehearse me, because I couldn't tap, I hadn't learned tap, and uh, without taps on the shoes. Right. And then when I went into the show, I still didn't have taps on the shoes until I could get the beats right. Very clever woman she was. Yeah. yeah. I was working with, and I digress, the next really big wow moment was, I've always been a diehard fan of Nureyev and, um, uh, what's his name? Berichnikov. And when he, came, when he came to Perth, um, I begged the stage manager, can I be his assistant for his wardrobe and his dressing room? And they gave it to me and I went, oh. This is absolutely amazing. And he signed a big photograph of, of himself, a T-shirt. And um, Ivan, talking about Ivan, had set up a table outside the stage door for him to sign. He refused to sign anything while he was here, not even for the museum. But he signed my T-shirt, T-shirt yeah. with him on it, the White Oaks Dance Company, and I've had it framed, and to Sasha and so forth. That was fabulous. Right. That was amongst many other things, but oh, of course, Debbie Reynolds. Well, my, no, my, oh. my Debbie Reynolds story. Oh. Oh. I um, he can sing and dance, and th- he he does that really well. I can barely talk at school. <laughs> I, I talk, when, I, when I do, when I do, I talk underwater. a lot. <laughs> 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 he does. But at school, I stammered so much I couldn't talk. You I just stand there, wet my pants. I stand there, just pee my pants oh. out of fear. Because I, I couldn't get any word out. Occasionally, now if I'm nervous or very, very tired, tired I can't say bees or something that's hard to get them out. Um, but when I was ten years old, I went and saw Tammy the film, and I, th- I thought oh, I love, love Debbie Reynolds, so I wrote a fan letter to her. And then about and ten years old, ten years old, and three months later, I got a note back, a handwritten two-page letter from her personally, and I said I, said I stammered in the in the, in the note. She said, don't worry, other people who stammer can, get, can, can cope. Uh, it's a very hard business being in theatre. Uh, do you, you don't want to be a movie star, do you? But a really lovely little note. And we stayed in touch over the years. And she came back f- of, um, with... Um, what was the first tour? With Simon. Simon Gallagher. Simon Gallagher. Uh, uh, and we met then for the first time alive Since. in the flesh. Mm. And, and bonded, truly bonded, and stayed in touch... All, all those years and until she until she died we still to in touch with her yeah. her care her, yeah. her um, uh, housekeeper who's living in her house mm-hmm. every week in touch with him still mm-hmm. but it was a, it just like a dream, a total surreal dream to someone you saw on the see on the screen and write to and the next thing you're you're talking to and then employing and then and we actually paid her wages having can't a lovely believe that. Yeah, yeah. she said Every week a I go down to the bank and give her a, give her a check, and I'm going, I'm paying Debbie Reynolds. And before she Madness. arrived, she said, she said her 
her rider said she must have a car, take a chauffeur-driven car, take her to the theatre. She must finish at five every night. She cannot go over five. And she was here for like two weeks rehearsing. I had a Mazda car with two doors. She, she used that every day. That's fine by me. She stayed until midnight some yeah. nights. And she was so good with the kids. This, of course, was your production of Irene. Yeah, yeah. Irene. Yeah. And yeah. she would she sit would there and tell them stories. And about they'd all Hollywood. be sitting around the feet. Yeah. yeah. I just, and then she'd help them. She'd say, no, don't She demanded that. nothing. She was wonderful. Was a Mazda car. sign of a true star. Oh, yeah, yeah total, star, yeah. total. Yeah. Star. It's so funny. So vulgar. <clears throat> God, the story. Think I'm vulgar. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why your hair's so, curly. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go right back to the beginning. Where did you grow up, boys? Because, Peter, you're yeah. West Australian, aren't you? I grew up in the bush. Right. You're a Queenslander. I'm from Queensland, originally. Yeah. yeah. After you. you oh, God. Uh, here we go. Um, yeah, I'm from Queensland. Now, my family, I'd never go into that. Right. Because it's too painful. Yeah. Uh, my, I've always said, and it's true to God, help me, it's the truest thing, I can't remember anything from before the age of six. Really? I know I have no knowledge of what my life was like before six. Why I say that is because the first time I became aware of who I was as a, not I didn't know me, myself, but I was a, a person, was the age of six, and it was the first day I was admitted to an orphanage in Queensland. And that was the first time I realised that I, I, I'm somebody. Yeah. But I was nobody for the next 10 years, if you know what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, um, that stage when I was absolutely horrendous. The whole, up till 16, 15, 16 years so. old. So there were no um, external family members? Nothing. Or just... There was, there was um, my mother's sister. She was living in Brisbane, but she had children. She was very poor and had children. Yep. She was working as a barmaid. All of that, of that era, it was very difficult for families. And she, yeah, there was no contact. There was no contact. Um, because I was awarded the state, and they and they really wouldn't let you have contact, and not that I knew how to contact anyone, because I was very naive. I, I still can't believe I actually got to this age. I was so naive. I thought the world was. I didn't know what I thought the world was, but um, uh, yeah, it was a horrendous childhood, absolutely horrendous childhood, and I'm sure everyone that was in the orphanage with me at the time was the same. So we're talking mid-40s through to the beginning of the 50s. So all that period was um, a period of just hideous, yeah. hideous, hideous and vile. When you left, I think you wanted to be a chef. Yeah. Um, how I left was, uh, 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 the mores of the time were, um, because it was an orphan, you didn't go on to university or anything like that. You were virtually just right out in the street, I think. Yeah, uh, I remember, uh, I think it was about 15, I remember, I'm not sure whether it was a priest or a nun, came to me and said, um, we have to ask you what you want to do after, after you leave here. And I was going to they don't prepare you for anything. There's no careers advice. There's no career advice, there's hardly any education. I mean, you get education 
bullied into you and, and lashed into you, but there's nothing about life or anything. You're not aware of that no, world outside. I had no idea what, what it was like. Yeah. Never have known. They said, well, what we do is we do this. We've got three places we can send you. Never, we can send you there, we can send you. And I remember two of the choices. They said public service, and they explained what public service was. It was in an office. And then there was something else, which I have no idea what that was. And they said, you can go and work on a cattle station, slash dairy farm. I said, yes, I'll do the last one. Don't ask me why I said I'll do the last one. I think I, because all the time in the orphanage, I used to escape the orphanage um, dormitories and schoolroom and disappear into the bush and spend all my days in, at the creek and climbing trees and things like that just to get away from the horrendous life that it was. Yeah. And they'd come looking for me and they'd drag me back. It was with on the ground yeah, yeah. and drag me back and then threatened to send me off to the um, reform school if I run away again. So I think that's where I got the idea, I'll go to the farm. That would be great for me. And I was there for three years. A lovely Irish family owned it. And he and his wife had three, three grown-up children who ran the property with him. And um, I spent three years there learning to be a jackaroo, milk the cows, um, brand the cattle, kill the meat for eating. It was uh, three of the most amazingly wonderful years of my whole entire life. Right. It was just wonderful. Thanks a lot. Just wonderful. No, up till then. <laughs> up till then. Uh, there's, but after that, there was many years before yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, that was just amazing. That was just amazing. And I, I then got some sort of sense of who I was. But I always, yes, you're right about the chef. I decided, because I used to do a lot of the cooking for them. I don't know how I started doing it. I just <laughs> did it. Um, and it was on a wood stove. And the kitchen, you had to go down a hallway like here in this house. There was the, the sleeping areas in the lounge room. You come down the hallway, there was this huge kitchen at the end of it, old farmhouse kitchen. You can imagine what Queensland like, was it? Yeah. It was in a, in a regional area called Bejewel, off somewhere off the west, south, east of, of Rockhampton, of all places. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, that's where I, I started doing that. And then I thought, I'd love to be a, a chef. That was my dream, to be a chef. I think it was my dream, but it was an idea. And I don't know how I... I, I think I voiced the opinion to the... Uh, Mr Daly, I think his name was. I'd say, he used to ask me, what, what are you going to do when you're no longer with us? Which would have been at 18, because then you are released from the state. And I said, oh, I'd like to do this. And, and he said, do you have any family? I said, not that I know of. I know I've got a grandmother somewhere in Brisbane. So he obviously went to the authorities because we never got any wages. They were sent to the church. They used to have to pay to the church and we were supposed to get it when we were 18. Yeah. Did you? I think I received... <laughs> I would know, a couple of thousand pounds or a thousand pounds or something. But how would I know what, what that was supposed to, yeah. you know? So um, eventually they traced my grandmother 
And from there I found out that her, my mother's sister was there with her and then they started the process, however they did it, of sending me to be in her care until I turned 18. I didn't become a chef, no, no because it was there. I, I, was, I didn't know what to do with myself and I got in with a crowd uh, who belonged to an uh, amateur theatre group called Brisbane Arts Theatre, it was called then. Great. I don't know what it's called, now. we used to call it BATS. The Brisbane Arts Theatre, Bats, that's right. There was this very formidable woman who ran it. Oh, God. I'm sure she was a bloke. <laughs> she was really stern, but she was great. And and, and they decided... They Do you remember could... her name? No, no, it's too long ago. We're talking about 50s. Um, uh, and they did a, a production of Bye Bye Birdie. And they asked me to play a character... Elvis Presley character thing. Yeah, yeah, Conrad yeah. Birdie. Yeah, Conrad Birdie. Yeah, very amateur it was, but that's when I got the, the bug. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it sort of it started so you know, your salvation. It started really. a process for me which took years. Yeah. And what was happening in Perth around the mm. same time? Pete? Well, I was born in the bush, yeah. raised in the bush. I had a happier childhood. Thank left goodness. It, I it. The bush. <laughs> For me, it was happy. You're not so happy for my parents, yeah. I think, because when I was five years old, <laughs> I, I, I had to go to the, uh, I was had a bus stop in Kendernup, Western Australia. A, a bus stop picked me up and took me down to the convent. And Dad worked in Elder Smiths down in the in Mount Barker. He got a phone call from the convent saying, "Please pick up your son. He's here wearing his mother's braziers, <laughs> wearing my shorts, one cup hanging out of each leg." <laughs> I was five years old, and, and Dad had to pick me up and drive me home. There wasn't a word said all the way home in the car, yeah. not a single word. And because um, he was army, wasn't he? Yeah, he was army. Yeah. The, 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 what must he be thinking, the poor, poor man, <laughs> sitting in the car with my mum's bud bag hanging out down in the bed? <laughs> and uh, I knew then I was different. I knew then I was, I was. Um, uh, Gay, I suppose, but at school, I had to sit next to, beside a, uh, a lad the same age as me. Always remember his name till the day I died, and he hated me with a passion. And he had a compass, and they had a pointy thing on the end. And he sit beside me every day, slowly mark a little indentation in my leg until no. he until he cut out my initials on on my leg. Oh. And I used to go and I sit there, cry my eyes out at lunchtime in the toilets, and dab the leg. Because they were like winter school oh, yeah. clothes, and I told Dad and didn't believe me. He said, I'll, "I'll take you to this school and we'll speak to the headmaster, the priest." And he said, "It's in his own mind. He's doing it to himself." They said, and in fact, I hadn't. And then at the end, to make it last, this kid poured ink on the tat on the PK, and it became so infected, my leg was huge. And off to the doctor, and Dad then believed it wasn't me. So the kid was falling across the coals and things. So it had a, sort of a fairly strange thing, but I always knew I was gay, I think, because um, uh, I used to lie under the ladder when Dad was building, look up the guy's shorts. I think, <laughs> oh, that's interesting, interesting view. Or go, oh. go, go to the beach at Cottesloe and think, it's even, even more interesting down here, I might come back when <laughs> I get when I'm older. <laughs> um, but, but in a different way, his was... A nightmare. His his life. I was, I was. Mine was had its moments, 
but on the whole, I, I was very lucky. I was raised by quite well, well off parents. By a wonderful parents who loved people. me. You were very yeah. close to your mum. Yeah, mom, yeah, he was, yeah, he yeah. Was. Uh, your daughter, um, mm. and she adored him. She used yeah. to always say, "This is my son Peter and my son-in-law Sasha." Fabulous. Yeah, always. Yeah, she was a wonderful woman. Yeah. A wonderful woman. A wonderful she woman. Was. That's what. Uh, yeah, that's that's in itself is a horrendous experience. But the, the tattoo that thing. All of that, you know, let alone... She'll never get it. Dreadful. Mm. What about um, arts? Were you, did you play yes. an instrument? Did you join no, a theatre group? No, I, I, I joined a group, um, also a gay group in Perth called CAMP, which meant Campaign Against Moral Persecution. And we used to go and meet up in West Perth on the corner of what street it is now, and we put shows on. They put shows on um, mostly drag shows, so and you're back in your mother's Brazil. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but not, not a, I've gone out of those. <laughs> I was up in West Perth. And then there was a group, I think John Milson may have run it, uh, down here um, in Northbridge somewhere. I joined that, as a, but my stammering was the killer. So I worked backstage and got involved in front of house stuff. And that stayed with me, the front of house sort of experience. Did that front of house experience lead you to working in the box office work? Uh, well, I was a tour guide at the Opera House, yeah. Sydney. Um, oh, so you, you had some time in Sydney. Yeah. I went to Sydney, uh, I left home happily. I went to, to Sydney to to, uh, to live and work. That's where I met John Frost. Um, oh, and that, was that on that production of Applause? Uh, yes, Applause at the... At the uh, it's a very fun, the famous metro. Metro. The old metro, metro of King's Cross. It's still there. It's still, yes. it's still there, yeah. Well, George Miller, the director, has had that as his uh, offices. He has recently years. sold but it. But isn't yeah. he selling it? Yeah, just sold it. Oh, yeah. right. It was Judy Canelli, who was magnificent. Uh, Dolores Dunbar, her husband Rod. Um, Eve Arden. Eve Arden, who was, who was a total joy. Uh, very straight, never swore. <clears throat> On opening night, she had big bowls of lollies for us all. To hand around, but nothing else. But she was charming. But it was so sad because, um, with our own money, we bought props. I was prop master, and I went out and bought uh, carpets and rugs and things, and never got reimbursed for it, anything. Never got one cent pay. And the closed... producers, John yeah, Eli. Yeah, yeah, what was his name? John Eli. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, hope he's thriving somewhere. A long way away, <laughs> deep down. Um, but it was uh, it was exciting, it was magical. But I couldn't make props, so her dad came in after midnight and helped me build the props. I didn't know I couldn't make props How until I tried. Props exactly. well, I lied. I just told a fib. No, the only job going was a props master. Oh, so I can so do what that. did you think it would entail? Well, you must have had an idea what. Like, like things on tables and cups and things. You'd have, have to go sources. and buy it all. And, <laughs> oh, I see. Nearly died, and you had to put, like, doorways and things and <laughs> so dad came every night and helped me and went, went off in the morning I said you've done so well Peter you need to work so hard as it was easy <laughs> total threat. and then I was a tour guide at the Opera House and met John Frost and um, worked then on uh, went from the Opera House to the Theatre Royal when that opened worked front of house there uh, in charge of front of house at the, at the Royal when that first opened which was fabulous some great shows came in, um, made some more friends I stay in touch with still overseas. Then went to the match for the opening, Little Night Music with Tyner Elb, and who I met and went overseas and stayed with her for a little while. But Geraldine Turner was a knockout. I first met Geraldine. 
and Jill was, was in that. Jill was in that too. And Bruce this, Barry. Bruce Barry, Jill. Bruce um, Barry. There's a name. I've um, Certainly Geraldine stood out. She was amazing. She stole the show, basically. And Jill had the most fantastic role. She looked beautiful in it. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. The song about... Um, uh, every day a little death. Every day a little death yeah. in the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah every oh. day. I sneak in every night and watch that bit because she was so good in it. Uh, the weirdest theatre, the funny shaped theatre and all. Um, you had a period of modelling, didn't you? Yes, yeah, for Gay Times, I think it was called in Sydney. <laughs> uh, it made me twirling around. And, you know, empty pool was the first first thing. I was terrified of locked in spaces, so I had to do a quick turn and up, up, the, up the steps and out again. <laughs> But I mean, what haven't I done? My God, I've been around a long time. Oh, okay. And so, what about your dance classes? Oh, yes. That, that was in amateur theatre that you started dancing, but did but you take didn't form have classes? classes? No. no. You had someone who sort of, we'd call choreography, a choreographer these days, but they used to just do move the scenes around, you know. So, they taught you sort of basic little dance numbers. But when I really thought about not that this is what I want to do. This is what I think I may have found something here. So that went on for a few years there, and then on my twenty-first birthday, I said to my, "I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to Sydney because I never knew anyone in Sydney. I oh, know I knew one person who used to work in the department store um, that I worked at in Brisbane." Rockman's or something like that. One, I don't know whether it's even Rockman's. It was, um, it was anyway. And he went off to Sydney with his twin brother to to live and work. So um, they said, well, he said, if you ever come down to Sydney, let's say, this, you've got a place to stay until you find your feet. So anyway, I took off to Sydney on my 21st birthday. I had 20 pounds in my pocket. That was it. So I rang them. Uh, There's... Uh, I do remember their surnames actually. Uh, their surnames were Hemming, the Hemming brothers. I can't remember their first names, but they were the Hemming twins. They were twins, that's right. And then I started asking people where to go for classes, for, for dance class. And someone put me in contact with a very well known couple at the time called Anita Ardell. And her husband, a Dutchman, called, um, oh, dear, 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 I'll think about it, because he was one, he was a, he used to be with the ballet company in Holland, I found out years ago, and he met his wife, Adele, um, um, Jan, Jan Adele, who was of mixed race, and I'm not sure what the mix, I think the mix was either, uh, she had. She was beautiful. She had very beautiful chocolate browns. They were not real dark, but they, a nice mix. I don't know whether it was um, Black American, whether it was a Latin. But she was very vivacious and great mover. The body used to move like a dream, you know. And they had met on the set in Rome of Cleopatra. And they used to tell me about. Then I finally saw the film with Jan. And uh, Cor Direct, his name is Cor Direct, uh, a Dutch. And um, they pointed out the scene. You can see that if you know them, way in the day, you can see them on the big golden thing with that big dancer. And they came out here and opened a dance school in Sydney down behind that 
Remember, you always yeah, show me that where the film company was. Doctor Moon. No, no, no. In the city. It doesn't matter where. Essex Street, I think <laughs> it was. Yeah. Essex Street there, and that's where I started really learning. Oh, oh the Phillips Street said it. No, no, no. I thought you saw. That was Officer <laughs> Anthony Hawkins because I used to work there in the day in in the shoe department. But I used to work at Market Street in the shoe shop and run down to Essex Street to the at lunchtime to do a dance class and always getting back to work late and getting into trouble. But thankfully the boss was okay. He's, you know, he used to let me get away with it. And um, that, uh, hang on. I can't forget this gone. one you because of the, so because Anita, uh, Jan knew all the people in theatre at that time. And he said, she said to me, look, there are auditions coming. This is cutting to the chase. Yeah. Uh, for a show called The Great Waltz, and the English choreographer director, George Carden, is, and I'll have a word with him. I'd tell him that you go to my dance school, but she didn't think I was quite ready to audition. So she, she set it up for me, and he gave me an audition at, at the Madge in Sydney, because he was up there. And he did say to me, he said, yeah, you wouldn't have got through a bit a cattle call, but I'll take you anyway and teach you. And he put me into the Great Waltz. Max Phipps was in it. Uh, Tony Bonner was in it. And I and um, and you stay in touch with Tony. I right? stayed in touch with On Tony, Facebook. but then again after yeah, but before that I used to going back again. I used to work at the Old Toad Theatre in the wardrobe department. Then I knew Tony from when he was doing. Royal Hunt of the Sun, because I did his costumes for it. So it's all a jumble of people and mixes and jumping from city to city. That's how I started dancing professionally. Yeah. And then from there, Pounder took me for... Funny Girl. Funny Girl, yes. Well, I and then it kept going. Too, sorry. Yeah. I too thought I could dance. I thought I can, I can be a dancer. I can be like all those dancers up there behind Irene and so on. And just, so I did an audition for t for Kevin uh, uh, Johnson for Disney on Parade <laughs> as a dancer. I was whirling around, bouncing off the wall, walking backwards, tripping over people. <laughs> I just took my coat and walked went out. I was so embarrassed. Oh, but at least God. I tried. I made an effort. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, it matters. Yeah. 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 So that's he doesn't remember that. I can't imagine why he doesn't remember that. Sash, we talked earlier about the auditions at the time for mm. those big music. Cattle calls. Yeah. Okay, oh, cattle calls. Them, yeah. But also, Pounder, if she knew that you had the, the, the goods, would put she you would in always, show after show. Yeah, she would always give you a go. She, was, she, she would say, I know there are things that you can't grasp and you can't do. And I was, I was still very shy because I was out of the orphanage and I wasn't worldly at all. And all of these people, you know, used to scare me. And, um, Those bitchy chorus boys. Yeah, <laughs> I could name a couple, which is still around, but I'm not going to go there. Um, he, um, he, oh, don't slap me on him, you put him up here now. Uh, I remember I went after I'd done, yeah, Pounder, get back to Pounder, she was a wonderful woman. Oh, God, she was good. She would look after you and she'd look after everyone and... If she saw something and she thought she could bring out, she would do it. But she would also come to you and say, mm, no, Sasha, I don't think it's going to work out. She never ever said that to me, but 
I picked up on myself yeah. after Funny Girl. I thought, I really need to go and study for at least another two years to get a hang of a draw because I'm, I know I'm not ready and I shouldn't have started, but I was glad that a couple of people sort of took me out of their wing and put me through it. Um, and Pounder did all that. After getting back, I was having a class with Pounder one day upstairs behind the old theatre, in the old Madge Theatre, and she used to give class every day. Oh, I've never been so embarrassed in all my life. When we were in, we were in second. We had to do a deep plie and go down and flatten out from the back, and I went right down deep plie and let out the most horrendous fart. <laughs> and everybody started to laugh and I was mortified I ran out of the room oh. totally ran out of the room cried my head off I couldn't believe it <laughs> <laughs> <Powder> was hysterical <laughs> well you've got no control over no that. you don't especially you when you're in second position yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what you say about Pounder also the the team rings true because you you still if you go to Sydney to an opening night for example John Frost asked us over there every time we go there's people from those from Pounder days turn up they, they all there, turn there up at least three members they remember my fair lady yeah they always say from all Pounder yeah. the Pounder team Pounder team's amazing and she she was the one who started me off from wardrobe too because she didn't have a place for me in um, uh, what do you call it? Fiddler on the Roof because having seen the choreography well I wouldn't have been able to do all that choreography at that stage because I wasn't that well I was well trained but I hadn't gone long enough yeah. you know so she said what I'll do though she said you go back to class and then I'll put you down at the Theatre Royal in Sydney and there's a stage show with Ron Randall and Bettina Welch and it's called A Girl in My Soup. And I want you to go into wardrobe, learn how it does happen backstage, how quick changes start, how to how to look after the artist's costumes, how to do this. They used to teach you incredible stuff. Like one little thing sticks, and I still do it today when I'm, because thankfully these days, I don't have to dress chorus and all that, or because I'm a wardrobe supervisor. And I always have this thing. I go through all the dress rooms on a new show. I say, girls, come here. You've never put hangers that way and that way and that way and that way. You have to have them all the same way. Why? I said, I'll give you an instance why. Because I was in a theatre once and it was in, it was in the, the East, it was in Taiwan, I think it was. And the theatre caught a light. And Pandora Tortoise put your skips and your trunks underneath all the costumes on the rack. So if ever there's an emergency, you can just do that, throw them straight into then the max can get them out quick. And it happened. It happened in Taiwan. And we did quick girls grab everything, throw them in the thing, lock the thing, push them down the staircase because it was on the second floor of the theatre was. They have restaurants under their theatres and in their theatres and everywhere. And that's how... I remember that. And she said, go down, learn the ropes there. And in learning the ropes, I met um, Ron Randell, the Australian actor who was later a Hollywood star film. Bettina Welch, who was the most magnificent human being. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people remember her. 
I do. Wonderful actress from the old town. Mm-hmm. Very clever. Wasn't she in number 96? Yes. I think she might have been yeah, yeah, yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, she was. She yeah. very, and she used to, I remember she used to come off and she'd have her shoe box with her. She had about five different pairs of shoes. Which was, I think she played a socialite or something. She would slip the shoes off and she would ask me to, to stuff them with um, tissue paper and fold the other tissue in. She taught me all of that. And she would take her gloves off, hand me the gloves. They had to go into tissue paper. And amazing what they said. These days they just throw them all on the floor and expect you to pick them pick up. Pick it up, yeah. And I say, no, no, no. I would say to the girls yeah. at the marriage, you're not their slave. You're here to help them get on stage in the right costume, make sure they got everything. You're not their slave. Yes, yes. So yes. never pick up anything. And I always used to tell them, if you leave it on the floor, it doesn't go to wardrobe. It doesn't go to wardrobe for cleaning. It doesn't go to dry clothes. You have to wear it again the next night. Well, they you, soon learn. You asked me to help help you out on. Oh, what that bloody music? Peter Pan. No, Dusty. Oh, Dusty. Dusty. <laughs> Fuck me, dear. Was I was um, wardrobe supervisor at Burswood for about six years. So he was short of staff. So he said, "Could you come and do dressing?" I said, "I'd love to do dressing for it." These little shits, they come off stage with wet Josh straps and throw them at you. Socks were wet, anything else, and oh, throw them on the floor. I, I went outside, I was crying my eyes out, and sat around that big fountain in the crowd. I'm not going back, I'm not going back in. <laughs> they're rude, they're so rude. But he was, and he was in charge and gave me a little bit of talking yeah. to him. But, but the, the As different worlds. You've got, it's, it's such it's, a collaborative experience. It is, it you is. have to respect mm. and, and yeah. Yeah. The whole work team. with the whole team. Yeah, right. so yeah. that's yeah. where we used to get all that because there were no whoppers and things like mm. that. And it was Pounder, and who would... Well, there might have been in your world. <laughs> um, I can name a few. <laughs> um, so she taught, and Williamson's did that. It was... And then if they thought you were ready for another show, they would put you in it. Yeah. And it was the best grounding. The best grounding. You still hear people from my era say that. And especially they all hold Pounder up there high yeah. because she was... There's a website. There is. There is. Kevin yeah. Coxhead. Uh, Coxhead yes. does yeah. it. Does yes. it. fantastic celebration. Yeah. For yeah. want of yeah. another yeah. name. Um, now, Pete, you got to London. Atlanta. And you chronicle yes. a lot of that in My Heidi High Life. Yes, I do. As an author? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to know? A published author. Especially. A published he author. loves to say, I'm a published author, <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> I have written. I've written. Um, what was the question? Why, what, what, what took you to London? What Was it part of the uh, big adventure? Well, and... I thought, I've, I've done anything I wanted to do in Australia. I wanted to travel. So I just, just went over to London and um, there's a bit there that's sort of a bit... Do you mean that bit? No, 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 we'll leave that bit. People can the, buy the, the book, My High Yes, they life. can, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So, I, got all, I got all ladies coming into the theatre still just to sign the book. Little old ladies. Well, I think they were shocked by the book because it's pretty saucy. But they said, no, we love it, dear. It's not saucy enough. <laughs> little old ladies. So can people still buy it? I can buy it, yeah, on... Um, Dimix, you can buy Dimix. Um, Amazon. Amazon. That was in there, but it's just. Don't push the book. But it's because. Uh, part, part of my life over there was awful. It started out really, really badly. But. Um, but tell us uh, how you met Sue Pollard. Well, I was working. Before I, w- I went over there, just by chance, a show called Hardy High was showing in 
Perth, and I was watching it, I thought... We're setting a, a camp. It's setting a, like a Butlins holiday camp. Yes. And they all aim to, the cleaners in that aim to become, get the red coat and, and perform. They want to be performers. And she paid them, the maid, Peggy, on the show. And I thought, I, this character, I loved her. I thought she was a crazy, funny, yeah, funny character. Totally, in the show. Mm. They got to London, had a bad experience, and found a job... Um, did not couldn't do either. Just went backstage and said, "said Look, um, any work going at the Victoria Palace? The show Hardy High was playing uh, twice a night at the Victoria Palace Theatre in London. So I thought that girl's in that. I remember her from from TV in Australia. So I knocked on the stage door and said, "Is any jobs going? So can you start tonight?" So I started on that spot doing wardrobe and met her and. The First thing she said was something about, um, uh, you and Ozzy, I'd love to sit on your chopper. <laughs> so, so said. First thing she said. And we met and just, we, we fell in love really, really fast. It was because we laughed all the time. We had no secrets. We shared everything. We never, ever slept. It's um, a occasion, of course. Uh, uh, but it was um, the best kind of love, the fun, pure fun. And um, we just adored each other. Uh, and it was a long marriage, it was nine years these mm. days, those days it was a long time really. And um, we travelled the world, uh, she came out here uh, and arrived at the airport in the wedding dress uh, to meet my to meet my parents. Um, and uh, I, met, I met so many people, like Elton John, uh, so many people through her, through knowing and working with her. Uh, and. Um, Happiest, happiest, and also the saddest time of my life it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard met you when you were working in the box office at the match. I was ushering. Yeah, 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 what was running a, a box office like? Was that, is that a special I absolutely love it. I, I totally love it, yeah. yeah. I was there 19 years, actually. Because uh, you were meeting lots of people, like Everybody. We... And for some reason, I made friends with these, these, these performing artists. And they all say, most of them said stay in touch, which I did and still do. So many of them. Well, you're, but you're I did, for some very reason, charming just, over the counter. It's quite true, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is. And I love the fact that, the, that you're involved with the show, oh. the balancing the the, 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 the takings, also involved in selling a show, the marketing, uh, plus you're involved in the public. And I love being involved with the public. That part is fun for me. And also dealing with a promoter who can be really, can be horrendous at times, but you're still involved with the theatre. It's, it's challenging, it's exciting, and um, I'm still doing it now, two days a week. Yeah. And oh. I love it, thrive on it, in fact. Yeah. Well, there came a point when you both merged your experiences and skills and you started producing. At the yeah. yeah. Um, what was the first show you produced? Well, how we started, actually, was we went for... We drove down to Mandra one day and we were looking for a place to eat and we found this... They were cabaret more than show. Yeah, yeah, but this is how it started. And we went to this <coughs> place called... Um, Edwards. Edwards. It was upstairs. It's still there. It's called something else now. And it was in the round and had a, a raised dais in the middle and table, dining tables around down there so you'd look down and there was a grand piano there and right on the water and we were 
you know, fantasize themselves. But this would be a great nice cabaret. Little cabaret. This would be a fabulous place for cabaret. And we thought, hang on, we know a few people. Well, yeah, but there was a story before that because oh, we, we kept talking about ourselves on the way back to Angela. And I said, but that's a beautiful little spot to be living, Angela. So, uh, the train wasn't through then, that's right. And I said, oh, wouldn't mind moving down here when the train goes through. So the train eventually went down. But before that, we kept thinking about this. We were living here in Perth. We kept thinking about this damn restaurant. So we said, why don't we find out who owned it? Which we did. And we uh, we phoned this person and said, um, blah, blah, blah. We said, well, he said, oh, what a good idea. He said, that sounds good. Let me think about it. So we hadn't didn't hear from him for a few months or something. I oh, know it was very long. It was a couple of months. Oh, I and so. then he got us and he said, "Oh well, can, do you think you put say it was July?" And he said, can, "Do you think you can have a, a show in here for September?" Oh yeah. no, holy fuck! And he said, "We'll pay the marketing for it, for, for yeah. it. And we'll, all we want is twenty five dollars per head. Per head. For the, so I got I got box involved doing ticketing. That was all done for free. Yeah. And the uh, um." So we had the had the tickets, and also we thought, now who can we ask? Yeah. Do so I before? had a book. I had no. She wasn't the first. She was the first. Was the first. I had a, a my my <laughs> black book with all the arts I'd worked yeah. with and in all various things, and um, so I said, Jenny. So I rang Jenny and Barry, and I said, da 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 da. da. He said, Oh, what a great idea! When can we come? When up? can we come? I said, Well, we've got these two dates for September. So then we had to figure out how we actually sort of she had a no, no she, do it no she didn't have an agent no, it was no she didn't it was through her oh, i always went through them i always went through them because i had their personal phone numbers anyway she came down and peter arranged for a car to oh no that was for julie andrews julie, julie Ante, anthony. anthony it's another one i worked with. made julie friends andrews, with her during irene and she and, worked for us um she came down did the thing and did the second one and it was a big hit and you know, then we and went Tom to McKinney. the next month. Then after that, John we English. Had Tom McKenney, John English, Julie Anthony. Um, but Julie Anthony had an agent, and they had to. I think that was that, husband. They asked for an escrow. escrow what the hell's an escrow? No, no, that was that was Debbie. No, that was it. Julie wanted it first, though. Did, she she wanted, first wouldn't have called it escrow. Did she? It was good. Well, anyway, so then we had. But she was jaw. She sold sold at the whole restaurant. We had to do extra for shows for a week. Great. Extra she shows, and she was she, she did was two amazing. and a half hours in a little little. Th- she sang, sat in the Probably piano, did a whole life story. I would story. see the hundred. This is Julie Anthony, mm. yeah. the Julie Anthony, yeah. who but I met, met as an usher. But how we set it up? I would get in the car. So you saw again, because he wouldn't do it. I would get in the car. Oh, so sure. I'll come down and in. Um, get people to their seats and bring the ticketing with me. And they said, yeah, you just want to get out of the hard yakka. I'd so them. I'd come down on Friday, stay at his sister's house, which was up the road, and um, I, I had to arrange for all the lighting to come because there was no lighting. So I said, yeah, just bring down a couple of tea bars with three sets, three this side, three that, and a spotlight, and the thing came in. And we'd set up the sound and lighting, We'd set up a, a temporary a dressing, room. D- dressing room on the side, and it worked a treat for a year. Yeah, uh, two, two years ago we had a total. Because we started late, late one year. Yeah, went, that one that's year, right. Yeah, yeah. And then unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, he sold the rest of them because his health 
etc etc they're still friends of ours and that was a big success and people said why why'd you stop it it was great they didn't have anything in Mandra then of this of that ill and but then, I've never seen such generosity as like Todd amazing. came down he was, Todd was yeah. lying on the piano top tap dancing on the piano with that thing around it he danced around the whole restaurant John English did a, a, like a rock concert a for rock two concert. and a half hours Went up everybody to was time. generous and all they wanted was this this, this, this like a token fee yeah. really it was and a, a meal and a car and a combination I think we paid Jeannie a thousand dollars or something like that no yeah. totally yeah. it's alright yeah. yeah. um, and she came back twice so yeah. what about your theatre? Because you moved to the Mad. You eventually did you do me and my girl? Me and my girl. Oh, I yeah. did me and my yeah. girl. Um, um, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, no, we didn't. Oklahoma. We didn't. Know. Me and my girl. Yeah, it was. No, we didn't. Me and my girl. Irene. What's the other one? Uh, yeah. And get your gun. And get your gun. Oh. Always get those They're two. Both so they they were they yeah. Adlam playing Annie. And, right. and, and Ian Toyn playing. Ian Toyn. What's his name? Frank Butler. He was Frank fabulous. Butler. He was so he good. He was great. He was good in Irene too. He was and um, and Milson directed them both. I had a terrible fight with him because he was the rudest. He could be. He was pretty divisive, wasn't he? he was but it's funny. I loved, loved him. him. I loved he was him nice too. to me. Yeah. He had two teeth. Yeah. One in the front, one in the bottom. But he was so charming. funny. He was so cutting. Who's that... Director with the one tooth, <laughs> but it was. Um, I loved him. He was a, a true theatrical. He was. He was. He lived and breathed. I just wouldn't. And did work, work so hard for per theatre. He did. So, but now you're still entrepreneurial. You're in the box office, and you're doing morning melodies. Program, yeah, right? program. Yeah. Man, Mandra Performing Arts Centre. First Tuesday every month. <laughs> Booking is nine five five zero three nine zero zero. I booked the acts. From local and from Melbourne and Adelaide and various places. And I also MC it. Michael Dalton, is it? Michael Dalton. Oh, Dolly. 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 He's coming over doing a show. Oh, terrific. He's opening my season next year. He's doing Dolly Parton show. Yeah, yeah. So that's just once a month we do that. Always wanted to get him over. And and I have to uh, work with the agents and knock their price out job, I, just and more and I do all that and, and I, I find it just I tear them in I've learned on the job because oh but be, how I came into that was I was working at the Black Swan uh, wardrobe supervisor it's the worst part of my life I should never have done it not because I couldn't do it in a way I couldn't could have vomit <laughs> because I um, <laughs> and he can cut it out I um, <laughs> I'll just do it like that. And sometimes it's not easy just to cut things. Out. Anyway, oh, sorry. I did two seasons there. I did two seasons there, and I thought I, I have to go. Oh, I yeah. really have to go. You've got to be happy in your workplace, don't you? Huh? You've got to be happy yeah. in your workplace. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I wasn't because. Yeah. And then I thought, what am I going to do now? We we'd moved down. I said, I'm not giving up. I'm going to do. I've got a lot of skills. So I walked into the man, man performing arts one day and I said, can I go upstairs the office and see the CEO who was still here, still in the theatre. And I presented myself and I said, this is what's happening. I've just finished my um, contract at the Black Swan. Have you got an, an opening here, that something here that I can slot into? He said, let me, we had a long chat and he said, let me talk about it. Let me think about it and I'll get back to you. And a couple of months later, I got back and he said, I think I've got something. They were, do, I'm going to submit, they were doing me uh, Morning Melodies and I think he hosted it occasionally. We used to get like, they used to show Charlie Chapman a film or something. 
<laughs> we'd get like 30 people in or sometimes 50, occasionally like 70 maximum. And now we get over, we've got next Tuesday. The average three. Almost 400 next, this oh, next, next week. Yeah. Next Tuesday. Uh, so he said I... Um, and tomorrow he starts working in the opera company. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Hang on. <laughs> this is my life. This is my life. Oh, <laughs> Cut that out. Anyway. Um, so I came and he told me what it was and they said, okay, yeah, that'd be fine. And I went home and I thought, oh shit, they do it again. Another moment. Another. But anyway, I got That's into it, it and it's, it's, I'm in my sixth year. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I've grown the audience and they're loyal. They buy subscriptions for the whole year and they thankfully like me. Yeah. And we get along well. I go out after each show with the artists and I chat to the audience. Did you like this? And if they didn't like it, they said, oh, it wasn't as good as your last show. You should book someone else. And it, they've taught me what they want. And I know, I, I think I know now right to the last degree what they're going to accept. Yes, and when it's we important got, to know your audience. When we got married, they mm. got together this red hat, they call the lady group. It's great, big, huge, like a scarf, that wide and that long, in the rainbow colours. The rainbow coloured rainbow colours. scarf, a huge one. This old, old lady's made it for us for our wedding. Oh, brilliant. And the I announced from the stage <laughs> that I was, um, uh, we had a Whopper show in. I booked a Whopper show in through Trudy for, for Christmas. Christmas. Oh, uh, a couple of years ago, and before the thing happened. And... Um, and I announced to them, I said, you'll be pleased to know that Peter and I now are legitimate. I said, we can actually do it now. It's legitimate. I said, not that we haven't done it before. And they would go hysterical. And they started to cry and I started to cry. Yeah, the Whopper kids were crying when I announced their wedding. Saucy. It was just yeah. amazing. Great, great. Mm. So we've had very lucky lives. Very yeah. long lives. We've very had long lives. And look, I'm sure we could talk for hours. We could. And I look forward to catching up more over lunch. But just to finish off, one last question. What makes you happy? Being able to laugh with anybody, yeah. especially with him. And especially with him, it goes both ways. It annoys the shit works, out of me at times, if, but if, it's if he, fabulous. He's got a terrible temper. If, he gets, nasty, temper. if he gets nasty, I'll just drop the floor like a failure. I'm just thinking about But I have over the, over the years, I would never skin. hit anyone. I have over the years learned how to temper it. But um, what makes me happy? My life at the moment, uh, especially with Peter, and life in general, and I can still work. And I'm yeah, heading for yeah. 80 in 1921, uh, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be That's 80 and born, I'll be still it? living. I'll be still living <laughs> and I'll be still working. Yeah, yeah. I love working. That's my bottom day. Yeah. I love working. So I thrive and work as well. And him. And yeah. my cooking. <laughs> We're getting silly now. Are they not two of the great joys of this business? Supportive, passionate and adoring. Of the stage and all who traverse it. Thanks to Peter and Sasha for their story and for a great lunch. You've been listening to episode 97 of The Stages Podcast. There are so many more episodes you can access. I've talked to everyone from directors to dancers to drag queens and from producers to playwrights and performers. It's all in this extensive archive. Look out for episodes with Caroline O'Connor, Geraldine Turner, Kevin Jackson, Tony Lamont, Tony Sheldon, Gail Edwards, Tommy Murphy, Andrew McFarlane and Kate Gall. Far too many to mention here, so find the podcast in iTunes and Spotify or do a search for Stages with Peter Eyes and our hosting platform, Wooshka. Thanks again for listening. I'm Peter Eyes and this has been another fascinating episode of the award-winning podcast, Stages. <laughs>